know, I believe that, that there's this longing in, in each of us for connection with our creator. That there's something in us that, that longs to be connected with that which we came from. And, and we experience this biologically um, with, our, with our earthly father and, and our earthly moms. You know, the reality is that, that one of my, my greatest joys in life is getting to be around older men and women who are 20, 30 years older than me who just have life experience. I love sitting down and just learning from them and, and being with them. But the reality is, is, as much as I love that, they're not my mom, they're not my dad, right? And I see this with, with my kids. You know, my kids love coming to church. They love coming to see you and, and getting to know you and being around you. And they, and they love being around adults, but, but not like their mom and not like their dad. There's just something different. There's this connection that we, we long to have biologically with, with our, our parents. You know, yesterday I was on the trampoline playing with Jones. My mom came in town and she was playing with, with Finley and Merritt was taking a nap. We were just jumping on the trampoline. And he said, Dad, I like playing with you. Thanks for playing with me, Dad. And, and I'm like, man, I hope you're not telling your friends that, like, right? Like, I hope that, that, that this is just something special that, that you and I are, are getting to share. And, and there's just something about, like, this, the sweetness of his little heart where, where he knows there's just something different about being connected to your earthly, your earthly father. There's just this longing in us for connection. I was talking to this guy earlier this week. We were having coffee, and, and he's from... Um, he's from New Jersey, and he was talking about his dad, and, and, and he said, you know, my dad is the greatest man on earth, and, and you'll never convince me otherwise, right? And, and, and the reality is that a lot of you, you come here today, and, and your moms and dads, man, if, if you're just being honest, they were, they're crummy. They're crummy earthly moms. They're crummy earthly dads. They left, and it's hard for us to talk about this sometimes, and I'm so sorry if that was your experience. And they missed out on you. And I'm sorry. See, there's this, there's this longing in us for connection. And, and, and I believe that it's even more so spiritually. And as much as we want to be connected like uh, with our earthly moms and our earthly dads, it's, it's, it's multiplied with God. That there is this longing in our hearts to be connected with, with our creator, whether you know that or not, whether you've been able to name that or not. You know, I was reading in my own, just kind of personal reading, my own time with the Lord this week, and I come across Ephesians chapter five, and Paul says this, he says, as dearly loved children. And yet how many of us do we actually believe that about ourselves? How many of us actually relate to God like that? Because our dads, because our moms left us, because they showed favoritism, because they, they didn't give us the attention that we deserved, and we just project that on our heavenly father. And we come here this morning, we go, there's no way that I could be dearly loved. You know, one of my favorite things right now as, as a dad is, is, is playing with my kids. And, and, and I love when, when I'm giving attention to one of my children. And so I'll have Jones in my arms or I'll have Finley in my arms. One of my favorite things is to look at the kids who aren't getting the direct attention and, and when they're smiling and when they're happy. 
You know, there's something about that. When, when my other kids are watching like connection with, with, with their, their earthly dad and, and I'm playing with my kids to, to see my other kids happy. You know, my youngest kid, Merritt, she's 18 months old right now and she's, she's trying to, 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 to figure out life. And, and so she's dis- discovered the word no, but she says mo and it's so cute, but it's equally frustrating. And, and so I'll be like holding Finley up and Merritt will walk up to me and she'll hit me on the knee. Mo, dad, mo. And, 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 and and, and what you see is that, that she's just jealous. That there's this sense that she wants the attention. She wants to be playing. And yet there's this beautiful thing that happens in my other kids when, when I'm holding Merit that Finley and Jones are smiling because they know that their turn is coming. They know that their dad is not stingy with his love and his affection. They know that their dad does not show favorites among his children. And they know their time is coming and so they can celebrate and they can rejoice and they can be happy because they know that their turn is coming. I start here today because I believe that we have this tendency in us when we see people and all of us, uh, maybe not all of us, that's an assumption, but, 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 but for a lot of us, man, we, we have people in our lives and it seems like they always seem to be hearing from God, right? Do you have people like that in your life? where you talk to them and it's like, man, they have some kind of connection with God that I don't have, right? That, that they always seem, seem to be seeing something and their relationship with God just seems to be in a different level than, than what ours is. And so often when we are encountering people like this when we're around, our first response isn't to be happy. No, so often, man, we, we come to God and, and we go, why don't I hear like that? Why don't I have that with God? What's wrong with me? And I could totally be off in that observation, okay? And maybe it's just me and how I've responded so often in situations like that. And what I wanna come here to share today is that God wants nothing more than for all people to come to a knowledge of who he is and to be saved. This is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, that, that God wants all of us to relate to him as his sons and as his daughters and for us to understand on a deep heart level that there is no favoritism in the family of God. In fact, he says this in Romans 2, he says this in Acts chapter 10. And so what this means is that the good things that others receive, and so Jessica has this connection with the God, and, and instead of us being jealous, it has nothing to do with, with, with her, and it has everything to be with the one who gives. And so often we look at people and their connection with God, we're like, man, why does God have such favor on them? And instead of looking at them, we're meant to look at God and to see his goodness, to see his generosity, to see the things that God has in his storehouses that he longs to give to all of us. I love this passage in 2 Corinthians. He says this in verse 16. He says, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And so in this passage, if you were to go back and you were to read the the verses that are leading up to this, what you would discover is that Paul is talking to the Jewish people of his day, the people who refuse to believe and who refuse to accept that Jesus is the Son of God that he is the savior of the world. And so he uses this language as a veil over their heart to describe the condition. And it's this rich imagery where he is showing that there is something that is standing in between the Jewish people and God. 
And we could spend some time diving into that today, but what I want us to do is to look at what he says about those who turn to the Lord. And this is what he said, as Lisa just read, the veil is taken away. You know, if you come here today, you're not a follower of Jesus. If you're not a Christian, if, if you don't love the Lord, but you wanna be, man, you need to know that there's nothing that God wants more than that. That if you come in and you go, I just wanna experience God like, like my Christian friends seem to, and I just wanna hear from God and I just wanna walk with God, you need to know that there's nothing more that comes from the Father's heart, that there is nothing that he longs for more than for you to know him that way. That there's nothing that the Father longs for more than for you to be in his arms, in his presence. There's nothing that God wants more. And he doesn't just want it for a select few. He doesn't just want it for those who seem to be trying. He wants it for all of us. And so I come here and if you're not a follower of Jesus, let me ask you some questions. Do you believe in Jesus? You believe that he came to this earth and that, that his life was marked with miracles and with such unbelievable love. Do you believe that he was stretched out on his cross, that his blood was shed, that his blood stain that cross and that same blood is the blood that removes our stains of sin and in shame do you believe that three days later he rose from the dead that he ascended into heaven that he is coming back for us do you believe in this Jesus and that is a starting line if you believe give your life to him be baptized Spend the rest of your days on this earth living for him, living with him, experience what it's like to have the veil removed, to interact with God, to know God, to be loved with God, to be loved by God. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, for those of you who, who have given your life to him, let me ask you a question. Does it seem like there is something standing in between you and the Lord right now? Those of you who are followers of Jesus, does there, does there seem to be something that is limiting or stopping intimacy? Relationship with the Lord. He goes on to write this in verse 17. He says, now the Lord is a spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And this is important. This is important for us to understand because whenever anyone becomes a Christian, the Holy Spirit is given to us. This is a promise in Acts chapter two that whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the Father gives the Holy Spirit and so what Paul is saying is that the, the Lord is freedom. And when the Lord takes up residence in our lives, there should come this, this wave of freedom. That we should be people who are marked by freedom. And yet, let me ask you, are you free? Are you living in freedom? Or are you hiding from the Lord? Are you hiding from people? Are you scared? Are you crippled with shame? And if you come here today and you go, I am free. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But if you come here and, and you're not, there's a reason. We might not wanna hear that, but if we're not living in freedom, if we're not experiencing freedom, if we're not walking with the, the, the utmost intimacy with the Lord, there's a reason. 
You see, when, when Christ, when Jesus came to this earth and he began his earthly ministry, he walked into a place kind of like this and he picked up the, the Bibles and he picked up the Bible. He might've picked up Bibles, I don't know. He picked up the, the scripture and, and he turned to this passage in, in Isaiah and, and this is in Luke chapter four if you wanna go and read this later today. And, and he picks it up and, and he reads this to the crowd. He says, I have come to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and to set the captives free. And as you dig into this, what you realize is that Jesus is not being repetitive here. He's not saying the same thing two different ways. No, because prisoners and captives are two different things. A prisoner gets there because of their own choices. A captive gets there because of someone else's choices. Those are two different things. But so often as a result, whether you're a prisoner or whether you're a captive, we start to believe these lies about ourselves, about God. And you need to know this because Jesus was aware of this and, and he showed up and he began his ministry and, he, and, and he's well aware of, of our condition and he shows up and he doesn't say, you know what, prisoners, those who got there by your own choices, sorry. Those of you who are captives, I'm here for you. No, Jesus shows up and he says, I'm here to set the captives free and to release those in prison. You know, some of you, you aren't experiencing intimacy. You're not experiencing freedom in the Lord because of your own choices, because of sin. And, and instead of freedom, there, there's fear. There is worry. There are lies that we're trying to cover, that we're trying to keep in the dark because we're so ashamed. There's so much guilt. We're so afraid of others finding out. And, and if we look at our lives, we go, man, we are living as prisoners. Others of you, you, you relate to life as a captive. You don't have freedom, but it's not because of your own choices. It's because others have robbed you. Others have hurt you. Others have wounded you. And today... I'm unbelievably excited to share about something that is available to our church family, to our city, to anyone in, in the world as a way to let Jesus come into our lives and to set us free. Today, we are introducing Freedom Prayer. And maybe you've heard someone talk about it, maybe someone in your house church, or, or maybe you've just kind of heard those two words and you know nothing else about it. And my, my guess is that the majority of you haven't heard, and that's, that's good. I want to explain a little bit about what it is. And so freedom prayer is first and foremost a inner healing biblical prayer ministry. And I say biblical because uh, what I mean by that is that you're not going to scroll through the Bible and find the words freedom prayer anywhere in the Bible. But, but in, in, in instead, what I, what I mean by that is that it leans into the promises and the principles that are written in Scripture and it does not outrun the parameters. You know, inner healing, I don't know if you've, if, if you've even heard those words before. You're like, man, this, this is not for me. Just hang with me, okay? Inner healing prayer ministries have been around for a long time. And what Freedom Prayer has done is it has looked at, at all the different 
types of prayer ministries and, and learned from them and borrowed some things and it's developed some of its own tools to become what it is today. And so Corey and Jen Barnett, another elder team here at Ethos, They've been walking in this ministry, this freedom prayer ministry for 10 years now. They've been familiar with it for 20. And they're the ones that brought it to our church family. And so back in February, you, may, you maybe remember this. Um, you got an email because we invited everyone in our church family, if you're on the email list, to, to be a part of this. This wasn't just for a few people. It wasn't just by invitation only. It was open to the entire, entire church family. And so every Tuesday night, starting in uh, the, this past February, from 6.30 to 8.30, there was intense training on, on what this is and what it looks like. About 70 people from our church family went through this training. I wanna explain a little bit about what it is, what we learned how to do. It, it is an intentional prayer time with two or three people, people who have received this type of prayer themselves. And the whole purpose is to wait on the Lord and to get answers from the Lord for the things that are keeping us from him, that are keeping us from freedom. And some of you are like, hey, Brandon, that's not specific enough for me. Bring it down another layer. Okay, good question. I'll do that for you. So in our office, we have a, a room devoted to freedom prayer. You walk into the room and it's an intentional time with two or three people where the two or three people have been trained will facilitate a conversation, a time of prayer between you and the Lord. And so what this looks like is you sit down and, and the person who's leading it will, will invite you to close your eyes, will invite you to, to, to just be in the Lord's presence and they'll say something like this, hey, just, I want you to pray this prayer. Lord, what do you wanna show me today? And your job as a person who comes in to receive prayer is simply to share what you're hearing, to share what you're seeing. I'm just, I'm explaining it right now. I'm gonna kind of unpack some of the fears and some of the things that I know are, 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 are coming in your mind. And I'll say this, and then I wanna show you something. The, the team, the 70 or so people that were trained, the whole purpose is to encourage you and to honor you and to connect you with the Lord. And it's confidential and it's life-giving, and I wanna watch you, I wanna invite you to watch this video of just some people on the team and some of their testimonies as to what their prayer time looked like. And so let's watch this video and I'll get back up. You know, sometimes there are things that we know about in our lives that are keeping us from freedom in the Lord, almost like a, like a splinter in your finger. And freedom prayer is this place for, for, for you to come and for Jesus to, to meet you and to, and to remove that. And what you need to know, because I know that, that we are so, like we all have these thoughts, is that in this place of, of intimate prayer with some people, the Lord is not gonna crush you and he will not condemn you. You know, my, my fear when I went into freedom prayer the, the very first time to receive a time of prayer, man, I was so fearful because I know all of my junk, right? I know all the stuff that doesn't look like Jesus. And so I thought, man, I'm gonna come into this place and he's just gonna sit me down and just lay it on me. And I was so scared to come into God's presence. 
I was scared of what the team that was praying with me, I was scared of what they were going to think about me. And here's the deal, the the very fact that, that I was scared to come into the presence of my heavenly father, the same heavenly father who sent his son Jesus to die for my sins, the fact that I was scared to come into his presence and not joyfully running to and anticipating being in his presence and the good things, that in and of itself revealed that there were some misunderstandings about God in my heart. I know that others of you, you, you watch this and you're like, yeah, but like, you know, Nana's amazing. She's like an all-star Christian. She's the A-team, right? She's like, she made varsity and, 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 and our fears are, uh, will, will keep us from experiencing this. Some of you come here and you go, man, I can't hear from God. Some of you go, man, I barely pray. Some of you go, God doesn't want to speak to me. Some of you go, I'm not good enough. I'm worthless. I've done too much. God can never love me. And here's the truth. Romans chapter eight, verse 32 says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with Jesus graciously give us all things? You need to know that if you're not experiencing intimacy with the Lord, there's a reason. And the Lord wants to reveal it and to remove it so that intimacy can be restored. You know, you think about the way that this works on on a physical way. This is the way that doctors work, right? You start to to realize that that something is off. You don't feel well or, or you just know, man, I am... There's just something off of me. And it's not your job to diagnose yourself, right? That's what doctors say. That's when it gets dangerous. When you pull up your phone and you go on Google and you try to figure out what's going on. No, when there's something wrong, you go to the doctor who's been trained, who's been equipped, who is there to treat you and not just to diagnose you, but to heal you. One of the ways that that God wants to be known as is a physician. In Luke chapter five, Jesus shows up and he says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the who? The sick. He says, I've not come to call the righteous. I've come to call sinners. And yet we hear these words and we go, yeah, but. See, I've been so excited to roll this out, this prayer time ever since February because of my own prayer times, because of times that I've gotten to, to sit and watch and be a part of. And, 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 and my goal for today, like the whole purpose of this teaching is I just wanna get you into that room. <laughs> like there's nothing that I want more than for you just to, 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 to come into that place and receive prayer. Because I see, I've seen what God does in that place. And it is only, and it is all Good. Right, Will? (laughs) The enemy has his claws in us. And we are being shaped by so many lies, lies that we don't even know it, lies that have become truth to us. And all the Lord wants is a space for us to come and for him to come with his truth so we can be set free. Because God's people were never meant to be prisoners. They were never meant to be captives. And the only prerequisite 
the only prerequisite is that you would come humble and that you would come open. And the Lord will change you. This is what he says in, in verse 18. If you'll just come into his presence, if you'll just gaze upon his glory, if you'll just open your heart, he will change you. Right, and I wanna say this, it's not this silver bullet, right? Right, it's not like, okay, hey, I've been looking for the, for the pill to take that's just gonna make everything better, all the sin go away. That's Jesus, okay? That's not freedom prayer. <laughs> Life happens. The enemy is real. So often what we want is, is we wanna to come to God and, and we want everything. We don't just want our daily bread, right? We want the weekly bread, we want the month, we want the year, we want everything from God. And, and honestly, it reminds us a lot more of Luke chapter 15 where we come to God and we say, hey, give it all to me. I can do better with this myself. And that's not life with God. That's not life with Jesus. That's not life with the Holy Spirit that what God desires is for, for, for us to come to God and say, God, we wanna walk with you today. We wanna hear you today. We want our daily bread because we want the freshness of what you have for us today. All right, when Courtney and I make Finley's lunch when she goes to school, we don't make her lunch for, for next Tuesday. No, we make her lunch for tomorrow. So it's fresh. And that's the life that God longs to have with us. He doesn't want to just give it all to us because he knows that we'll never come back to him. He wants to give us what we need in the moment in real time. And I just want to get you in that space. I was hanging out with Finley the other day, my oldest, and she said, hey, dad, when are you going to have, when are you going to have a date with Jones? And I realized, oh man, there's something really beautiful happening in her life where she doesn't just want me all to herself. That she knows that what we have is a father and daughter and, and she wants that for Jones. And I stand here as your spiritual brother. And if you're not walking in freedom, I want that for you more than anything. Anna Laura, I want that for you. And Caleb, I want that for you. I want that for us more than anything. And so let me ask, answer this question. You know, who is this for? Who is freedom prayer for? Is this counseling? No, this is not counseling. <laughs> is this gonna fix all your problems? No, it's not gonna fix all your problems. But I'm telling you, the Lord will meet you there and it will change you. Who is this for? It's for everyone. It's for those who can't seem to break the addiction. It's for those who don't have intimacy with the Lord and who don't know Why? It's for those with wounds. It's for those who hear the truth about Jesus but can't quite seem to believe it in their hearts. It's for those who are angry. It's for those who want more of God. It's for those who want freedom. Galatians chapter five, verse one, it says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I wanna tell a little bit about my prayer time real quick and then we're gonna pray and take communion just to give you a little bit of a, a perspective. I just wanna share a little bit of mine. And so I came in, like I told you, I was so fearful about what God was going to expose. I thought he was just gonna to go to the places of, of, of uh, where I'm, I'm inadequate, where I'm not living up. And, and I go in and the, and the word that, that as I'm, I'm sitting there that comes to my mind is the word insecure. 
And the Lord takes me to this, this image and I'm just telling you, you will see and you will hear if you'll just go to God. He longs for, for you to hear him. And so I'm sitting in, in, in the presence with, with a couple of people who are praying for me and, and I start seeing this image in my head and I'm on this boat and I'm drifting into darkness and it is clear that I do not wanna be in this boat, that my arms are outstretched, that I'm like, no, I don't want to. And on the dock is Dave. Now, Dave is the pastor over the canner. He's my best friend. We've been doing ministry together ever since 2005, kind of side by side. He's Batman, I'm Robin, right? And, and I'm cool being his sidekick. And, and, and there's this, this, this thing that, that I'm seeing and, and Dave is on the dock and, it, and in my mind, I am drifting away. And I'm like, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna drift away. Now, it doesn't mean that it's true. It's just what I'm feeling. And the Lord is showing me what is going on, the insecurities in my heart. And so he kind of, the people who are facilitating my prayer time, they, they lead me through and, 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 and they're going, okay, hey, did, were, were you insecure? Like, think about when you first met Dave and, and, and were you insecure then? I'm like, yeah, I was insecure before Dave. And, and I go back and I realize, oh, that there was a, a time in my life where this kind of entered that I realized that, that I developed some insecurity much earlier in life and it had just stuck with me. And it had affected so much about what I believed about myself, what I believed about this world. And so we go in and, 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 and we deal with all of that and, and they give me words to pray and to, to give to the Lord. And it's just this amazing, this cleansing, this, this dealing, this, this removing. But it's not just about removing, it's about replacing. And so they kind of lead me through this prayer time. They're going, okay, hey, now, now ask the Lord to, to, to show you what he wants to do. And so the Lord takes me back and I'm, and I'm in the water again and I'm in a boat. But this time, Dave is standing on the dock and his arms are crossed and he's smiling like a big brother. And I'm in the boat and I'm not drifting away from Dave. No, I'm, I'm going the other direction and I have the paddles in my hands and I'm just rowing as fast as I can. And everywhere that I'm rowing, I'm rowing into darkness, but everywhere that I'm rowing, darkness is turning into light. And they, they, they gave me this question, hey, ask Jesus where he is. So I pray, Lord, where are you? And Jesus shows me that he's in the back of the boat. And they say, hey, that's, that's really cool. They said a lot of times, the Lord will, will show up in times like this and he'll use water and he'll use boats. And a lot of times, you know, it's uh, Jesus will be having the paddles and, and it means, right, that, that he's in control and that you can trust him. And sometimes, you know, you, you have a paddle and Jesus has the paddles and y'all are rowing together and you're working hard. They said, but it's significant. Jesus is in the back of the boat and you have the oars because he wants you to know that he trusts you. That he trusts you. And I just come undone. And you go, man, how do you, how do you know that that was really from the Lord? Just get in the room. Just humble yourself and come into his presence. There are things, specific things that the Lord wants to say to you, Kate. And Ben, there are things that the Lord wants to say to you, things that are unique to you, unique to your fears, unique to your insecurities, unique to your sin. And the Lord wants to meet you, to free you. So here's what we're going to do. We're gonna take communion. And before we, we do that, I wanna just invite you to close your eyes.
and I'm going to pray. And then I want silently, when I, when I stop praying, I want you just to, to pray this prayer to the Lord, whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're not. And here's, here's a question. Lord, will you show me? Lord, will you show me if there's anything that is keeping me from you? So I'm going to pray, and then you can ask that question. And so, Lord, you are rich in love. You are gracious and compassionate. You're slow to anger. You're abounding in love. You are the beginning and the end. You're the one that sent Jesus for us because you wanted us. You are the one that is coming back for us. You want to see us. You want us to dwell in your presence forever and ever. And you don't want that just to start in the future. You want that now. God, you've risked it all for us. And God, there are things that are in our lives, that are in our minds, that are in our past, God, that are keeping us um, as prisoners, that are keeping us as, as captives. And so, Lord, we come to you right now and we would just proclaim that we want to be your children. And yet there are some things that, that we need you to do to unlock us, to come into that prison and to, to un, unlock us and to walk us out. And so, God, hear my sisters and my brothers and would you be quick, would you be swift to answer them right now as I pray this prayer? Lord, will you show me if there's anything that keeps me from you? Father, will you show us what to do with these things that you've revealed? And if you didn't show us something right this moment, God, there's a reason you want us to stay in your presence and to keep listening. And I pray that we will have the, the patience and willingness to do that. Lord, we love you. Thanks for being our savior. For taking our wounds so that we can be healed. In your name we pray, amen. Amen.